Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the middle that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown-up woman. This podcast is brought to you by M&S Beauty. They've done the legwork so you don't have to. Prepare to be surprised. By the way, if you listen to this on a new app called Entail, E-N-T-A-L-E, you will be able to see pictures, shop links, and generally have a really relaxing magazine experience. Hello, I'm Annabelle. And I'm Emily. And welcome to our first ever podcast. Emily, how are you? Well, I'm absolutely fine, but I've got a constant niggle. And it could mean, did I leave the gas on? Did I, have I forgotten to lock the door? Or have I forgotten to do my tax return? Or am I about to die? (laughs) And Annabelle, how are you? Well, I'm glad you asked because I'm absolutely fine. But I made the... um, Slightly dubious decision to wear absolutely no makeup this morning, thinking that I would look fresh and, you know, slightly windswept. And I just caught sight of myself in the lift mirror, and I look like a consumptive Victorian child who might not make it through the winter. So I think, exactly, so I think the time of no makeup may have passed for me. I think that ship has sailed. Well, it's lucky we're here to talk about makeup. Yes. So we're here to talk about our faces and our bodies and how we grew into them and how triggering and maddening and emotional all that shit really is. So, um, Em, I'm going to ask you, what is your first ever makeup memory? I think in terms of watching someone else do it, I think it's my grandmother. And she had one of those old vanity tables like they did and she powdered her face. And it was that sort of process of that puffiness and the powder. And I remember her kind of putting it on. And I, and actually, you know, she always is very elegant, but you could tell. And I was always a bit like, oh, I wonder why she does that. Um, meanwhile, playing, which she had a drawer full of buttons, odd buttons, and we just used to play with them all the time. And that was kind of great. And then for me, I think the first sort of commitment I ever made to makeup um, was a number seven frosted pink lipstick which looked disgusting Mm. on me and I wore to death thinking that I was incredibly sophisticated and a little French. What about you Annabelle? What's your first makeup memory? Well my mother took makeup really seriously. She had one of those dressing tables which had lights all around it and it had a mirror at the front and two mirrors at the side so you could see yourself from every angle which suggests to me that she was a very very brave woman (laughs) because if I catch myself from an unexpected angle (laughs) I mean it's a proper horror show. There's always a hair or a pouch or a blow up or something completely horrifying um but for me you know we used to go to the seaside and i had um it's like it's improbable if you know me now a bicycle i mean i mean and i used to get on my bicycle and go up to the local post office again and it was a kind of time i know it was a kind of time when you know you get like a pound or whatever 50p midnight feast money and and there was a time when it stopped being midnight feast money and it became post office makeup money and these were brands that I've never heard of before or since, but it was a little frosted lipstick, because we all wore those. I think a navy blue eyeliner I got my hands on, which Did I would you? put on the inside rim of my eye. Wow, that's pretty. And a pale blue um, eyeshadow with one with a little spongy applicator. Okay, yeah. Um, and all that would go on to very great effect in my mind. Of course. Um, and I remember my mother kindly trying not to laugh. <laughs> you know, because you've got when you have that sort of like, 
11-year-old nonchalance. And so you come out of the bedroom and you're like, you're sort of like pretending nothing's really happening, but yeah. actually you feel like a bit of a movie star. And, uh, and I remember her and my father kind of exchanging a look. Uh, anyway, that's that's my first makeup memory. That's how I got going. But then, you know, she really, my mother really educated me. I mean, she, you know, she, t- you know, you didn't call it contouring then, but I remember she had a very matte brown bourgeois eyeshadow and little pot that she would use with a blusher brush to give herself cheekbones and like make her nose look slimmer and all that stuff that I still do. I still do that stuff. Um, and and tricks like putting a pale eyeliner um, in the inner rim of your eye to make your eyes sparkle. And I st- and now we now you do it with a with a flesh colored one. Smashbox do a really good flesh colored um, eyeliner. It sounds really grotesque but actually if you've got red rimmed eyes you've got a hangover or you've been crying and you feel like shit it kind of it does something and I learned that stuff really early from her and I'm really grateful for her because it um it turned makeup into um, a hobby for me and it has been ever since I just really really enjoy it I think it's I think if you look at your face as a canvas and just have a laugh with it then and I often see makeup that way that way rather than trying to be maybe alluring I see it as playful um I don't my mother never wore makeup so I never learned and I think it's actually one of those life skills that you probably should have some basic knowledge of at some point. Um, so I'm learning everything from you now. And, uh, and actually doing this podcast has been an unbelievable education in the art of... Uh, yeah, it's been fun with me and Em because I've got a kind of... Well, I've got many theories, as you're going to find out. But one of them is that there's no point learning about makeup in looks. So there's no point going to a department store and sitting at one of those posh brands in one of those high leather sort of stupid chairs and having someone do your face over. Because it's not really how you learn. I think you have to learn step by step because it's like grammar. So if you want to learn about a base or a tinted moisturizer, brilliant. And then some, some some concealer, great. And then maybe a blusher and then maybe a bronzer and, and on it goes. But if you drop a stitch and you just get scared, and it's the same with cooking, actually. And I think it's the same with financial matters. And it's the same with technology. And it's the same with like technology. Like when you turn on the telly and it goes HMDB430 and you think, please God, not tonight. Is it going to work? AV1, AV1. That's basically <laughs> my entire life now. And in fact, my mother called me up the other day and said, you have to come over because I don't know how to turn Netflix on. And I was like, really? Like, come on. Anyway. Um, but um, but yes, you need to learn those steps. And I think that's what's so intimidating about, about it. And, you know, as a 43-year-old woman now learning about how to make the best out of her face because I slightly as to your point earlier I kind of need it I kind of need it not not because I want to kind of exactly like you said look alluring or sexy or there are various ways to wear makeup you can do it for impact you enter a room and you know you're like kind of doing your whole Miss Piggy thing you can do it for prettiness you can do it for to look to limit damage and to look healthier. So that could be black circles or it could be spots or it could be, you know, rosacea. Um, and, um, and you know, sometimes those all come together in a lovely virtuous circle, but sometimes you're just trying to tick one of those boxes. Yeah. And, and you can do it for polish. So you have a job, you're professional, you have to turn up a meeting and you have to look like you've got your shit together and you've made some decisions that worked today, whether that was a decision about um, an ISA, uh, a, a, a will, or a lipstick. Yeah, and I think also, yeah, so when the sort of the turmoil is raging inside, you know, just putting a kind of, you know, tinted moisturizer and some mascara can make you feel at least like you're a fully functioning human woman and that you are persuade other people that you are that person too. I also like the way my brain wanders when I'm putting on makeup because I don't really concentrate and there are certain things because my brain's so, um, it behaves so badly and it moves really quickly and in unhelpful 
directions. When I'm doing something like cooking, like chopping an onion and just, you know, just meandering around with the radio on, it just sort of, my brain slows down. It's the same with makeup. If I'm, you know, fiddling around with a concealer or... Um, you know, a highlighter, then my brain just drifts. And I find that quite soothing, actually. Yeah, no, I'm just basically closing my eyes and, and, and hoping that it, I open them again and it looks okay, which is quite dangerous with mascara. Is there anything about your face or your body that you really, um, really hated when you were younger and you would have done something about if you could have done, but now you're kind of into? I've got some veins on my legs, on my thighs, and they're not terrible, but as a tea, as a sort of they started as a teenager and kind of in my 20s when I used to have to go to the beach and things like that I felt very self-conscious about it and um, now I just don't give a fuck um, but yeah no I sort of at peace with that How, having said that though now I have this thing that we like to call the, the blob. blob and uh, would you like to tell the listeners about your blob well, really, we need to take a picture of the blob, but actually there's no well, point because it's, it's not... It's invisible <laughs> to the naked eye, this blob that she's obsessed with. Nobody can see the blob. Where is it? Except for me. The blob is on the side of my nose, and it appeared about two years ago, and it is... It's basically a kind of fleshy... I don't want to say wart, okay? But let's, it's... Let's just never say wart. Let's agree to never say wart. Okay, so it's not a wart, but it's a sort of fleshy mass. What about, like, polyp? Maybe a polyp. That sounds like cancer, though. Anyway, um, it's uh, and it's on the side of my nose, and I, I can see it from from ev in every photograph taken of me in the last two years. I can see it every time I look in the mirror, and um, I can't see it from where I'm sitting across the table. By the way, no, my husband can't see it. No one. But can you see, see it. this shit is never about what other people can see. No, it's I see it. I see. I and I think there I am. I feel like it's a sign of everything that is sort of post 40, that it's that I'm a, it's going to grow and grow and grow until eventually I'm going to be a warty old witch. Mm. I said wart again. Anyway, um, so I went... And not to, to mention a toothless crone. Well, which I also am. And we can talk about teeth later, because actually, weirdly, that's something that I am going to... Look at. Look at, properly fixing. What, snaggle fang? Snaggle fang, not just how much how much I spend on floss and um, and how I never leave the house. And I've just read a, an article about how never floss leave the house. without floss. Without floss, sorry, never leave the house is different from never leave the house without no. floss. Different problems. <laughs> different problems. Um, if I didn't have floss, I might not leave the house. <laughs> um, but then I've just read a thing that said that floss is like terrible for the environment as are interdental sticks. And I'm like, shit, is there an alternative sticks? What the fuck am I going to Business use? idea, eco-friendly flo floss. Well... Okay, you heard it here first. Can we patent that this automatically? Anyway, and um, so and, and and I can I have to avoid so many healthy superfoods like broccoli and spinach and chia seeds and you know because they just get sesame seeds. Everything gets stuck in my teeth. It happens when you turn forty, doesn't it? I mean, I remember someone said to me, "When you turn forty, your eyesight will suddenly go and you will need spectacles, and that will be that." And that hasn't happened yet. But my God, everything suddenly gets stuck in your teeth. Suddenly gets stuck in your teeth. I'm pretty much at the point where I'm carrying toothpicks. Yeah, well, exactly. Maybe it is toothpicks. Do we think they're, they're more environmentally friendly? Well, when I say toothpicks, I really mean interdental sticks. I'm obsessed with interdental sticks. Well, God, it feels good. So good. And, uh, and I mean, I'm so obsessed about my teeth that I now, my hygienist is telling me off for brushing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Too I, can, much. I, can, I can testify that you brush. Well, I mean, she's always brushing. <laughs> anyway, um, how do we get onto teeth? Uh, the blob. The blob. Did you go and so, see anyone about the blob? So I went to go and see someone about the blob. I went to go and see a really distinguished um, cosmetic surgeon who 
whose name I've forgotten, obviously, because, you know, who remembers anything? And she was so lovely on, and we went into, I went into her office and she said, I can see the blob, which it was a relief. She was the first person who ever admitted to seeing the blob besides me. And then she measured it and it was less than two millimeters. And she said, the thing is about your blob is that you're going to need plastic surgery to fix it. And then we fell apart laughing for about half an hour. And, uh, and and just and, so the idea of plastic surgery for, for two, two millimeters to, to, for two millimeters to actually go under the knife, and it would also cost me like three thousand pounds. And so I said thank you very much, and and we both knew that we would I'd never be back. You'd so never now see I've, each other again. So now I've accepted the blob. Yeah, well, I went through a phase of wanting. This is, I mean, when I was like seventeen, I wanted to get something done to my nose because my nose is not a big nose, but it's also quite sort of blobby <laughs> it's got a it's got a it's got a circle that looks like it's sort of been stuck on the end of it and that really bothered me I thought it made my face look quite clumsy and my face is quite clumsy although I don't mind that um and um, and then I and then I wanted to get my tits done briefly because they're so big but then they just are and they just that's just who I am so I just live with the enormous... is it okay if I say I love your tits ah uh, that's fine by me So regular readers of The Middle will know that uh, I, and I'm Emily, know absolutely nothing uh, about makeup at all. Uh, and I am only barely functioning as a skincare woman and uh, everything is sort of hanging on by a thread. Annabelle, A skincare woman. Would that be your, uh, your superhero title? Yes, I think so. Skincare woman! <laughs> Changing the world one moisturiser at a time. Except not. Except for not. Annabelle, on the other hand, uh, knows a lot about this and pretty much everything else. Uh, and I don't really move without asking her what to put on my face. So we thought we would share Annabelle's uh, extremely uh, detailed forensic beauty skillage. Well, let's just face it, it's just opinionated. It's not really very scientific, but I'm very happy to tell you what I've got going on today. Shall I tell you what's in my hand? Uh, I just want to know what you've been rifling through your drawers for. My, my enormous drawers. This is a brand you may or may not know called Stila. And I remember finding Stila in New York the first time I went to New York as a grown-up, which I was about 23. And they didn't have Stila in England, they didn't have Bobby Brown in England, and I was already a kind of makeup nut, so I used to go hunting for it. And it was cheap, 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 $2 to the pound. And I found this... Um, this blusher that I'm going to talk about, well, it's a convertible colour, so you can use it on your on your eyes, although why, you want, why you'd want pink eyes, I don't know. Um, I found it when I was 23, which means it's a good 20 years since I found it. And the point of it really is, the point of blusher is, um, it's about the flush of youth and flirtation and good health and, you know, emotion bringing colour to your cheeks. It's not just painting it on, like joining the dots. There's no point using blusher like that. And the thing about this is that it's got a really nice... Um, apricotty, peachy, creamy tone to it. Because I don't like those blue blushes, you know, those sort of fuchsia colours that women will dot in the middle of their cheeks. Particularly not in daylight. Sunlight doesn't like those colours. So you want something that's less pink and more apricot, more peach. Um, and this was called, um, I think it was called gladioli. 
um, you know, many, many years ago. But that, those flowers are incredibly unfashionable now, although I rather like them. And it's now called Petunia. Is it? That's a shame. Because I, w- and I always feel like I'm kind of m- mad to your Dame Edna. So Gladiola would be completely perfect. Um, but it's actually, it's called Steeler's Convertible Colour. So it's a dual lip and cheek cream. And it comes in lots of different shades, but this is my favourite. Um, but the, the, the point about it, it looks a bit alarming in the pot because it is it does look like a bit of a neon or- orange, but it looks like finger paint rather than something quite delicate and restrained, which is the what happens when you actually put it in your cheeks because it's very, very blendable. So you just stick a dot on the apple of your cheek. Can we just hold you there? Discuss the apple of the cheek. I have spent so long trying to find this so-called apple and I cannot. Um, you just have to really, really smile at yourself in the mirror. And it's the fat bit. And you don't want to go in too far uh, in towards your nose because then it starts to look like inflammation. And you don't want to go too far out. You don't really want to go beyond the outer corner of your eye because then you're going to get that sort of 80s, you know, stripe. So it, it literally is a little perfect circle when you beam at yourself. Emily is now beaming at me in a really sinister fashion. The thing is, every time I've tried it, exactly, I beam at myself sinisterly. And then when I when I unbeam, I feel it is, I've put it in completely... Yeah, I've put it like a stripe exactly like you said. And so you need to contain the apple. The apple can't bleed and spread and, you know, mash itself all over your face. And it's the same with highlighter, which we will talk about in another episode. Um, yes, so back to the Steeler. Um, so, yeah, it comes in a tiny little compact with a mirror, and it's it's useful, this, because it's as big a mirror as you need for anything, really. You Can don't I have to carry feel? a bloody great powder compact just to touch up your concealer and cover a spot in the middle of a day. Um, so Emily's having a play, quite creamy. Yeah, it does. It feels really kind of like smooth like I, I I can see where if I got it right I could probably manage a kind of dewy peachy look yeah it feels like a balm you know and as a result yes. it doesn't stay on all day you know you will need to reapply it after a couple of hours it's not one of those cheek stains where once it's on you're committed for 24 hours Emily is now applying it to pretty much the apple of her did cheek did I make it yeah do you know I still feel a bit Aunt Sally-ish do you know what I mean but that's because you're, you're not used to makeup yeah blend it a bit more more blending yeah okay better Happy? Yeah. Gosh, I think that is rather good. Yeah. You see, amazing. Convert. Um, but this is, is, it does also work very well for lips. I'll show you, I'll put it on my lips. Yeah. Annabelle's now applying it to her lips in a very professional manner. Yeah, it's very it's pretty. almost nothing. It's like Sunday morning when you don't, you know, when you want to kind of go and flirt with the newspaper man. Mm. So, yes. So, this is uh, Steeler Convertible Colour Dual lip, lip, lip and Cheek Cream. Um, and oh, by the way, um, I've had a pot and it's lasted me for three years. So, you know, it's quite a lot of bang for your buck. So shall we have a little look in our makeup bag? Shall we unzip our makeup bags? It should be said that we've got these rather amazing makeup bags which say don't go mad, go mid-alt on them. So we've both got those. We're both bang on brand, Em. Okay, so what should we start with? Um, so I only discovered this about two years ago, but it's changed my life. And this is Sarah Chapman, and it's Skin Insurance SPF 30, and from her Skinesis, Skinesis range. And it's basically a tinted moisturizer, but I did not realize it was a tinted moisturizer for about six months. I just put it on thinking that it was SPF 30. But I'm I thinking, sk- why do I look so beautiful? What Exactly, thinking, oh, this is really nice. It does look a bit dark when you put it on, but, you know, obviously this is my skin, and I thought this is amazing. And then someone said... It's one of those um, one-shade tinted moisturisers, isn't it, that adapts to your skin tone? Yeah, so I thought it was just a coincidence. (laughs) Anyway, turns out it's not. Do you know what? It's not really a tinted moisturiser, is it? It's somewhere between... It's a sort of of imperfection blurrer. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a sensation as far as I'm concerned. And it's probably the only thing that... Because I really suffer... I've got a bit of redness, but I've got quite dry skin. And so when I put on anything heavier than, than Sarah Chapman, it sort of... Fe- I feel like it blocks my pores. Um, okay, next. Now, this you you gave me. And it's Hourglass Caution Extreme Lash Mascara. And it's the first mascara that's ever made any sense to me. It just... It just, it doesn't clump, which, you know, if you're completely cat-handed like I am, is is a danger. Um, and it's not so extreme. I mean, it says extreme, but it's not so kind of like, mus- it doesn't, it's not so muscular that you kind of look like you've got kind of spider things, which would obviously freak me out as well. So, yeah, and I'm very happy with that. I can't use that mascara. It's odd. Um, people love it, but I think I've been using Rapid Lash, and I always have quite long eyelashes, and now they're like hitting my sunglasses long. And yeah, I, your eyelashes are like off the scale. Yeah, there's hot many, the many, many things wrong with me. My eyelashes are not one of them. <laughs> You've got 99 <laughs> problems, but the lashes ain't one. Yeah, exactly. So I feel happy to say that. But it's um, my la- if you've got very long, naturally curly lashes, it won't work. Um, if you've got completely bog standard eyelashes, then it's com- it's extraordinary. This um, extreme caution. Did you just say I had going. really bog standard lashes? You do. Okay. There's very little that's bog standard <clears throat> about you, Aww, but your lashes are. That's so nice to hear. Okay, floss. For the evidence, obviously, and also... Oral-B. Yeah, Oral-B floss. Um, Contact lenses, because I'm a bit blind, and um, sometimes the other day, I was on the tube, going to a really important cover meeting for our book, and this girl, I got up at the same time as this girl, and she, at our stop, and she flicked her hair, and she flicked the contact lens out of my eye, (laughs) which you would not believe was possible, but was. And we were both completely freaked out and I was sort of blind. And um, so now I carry, and then I had to sit through the cover meeting of our book with basically one blind eye. Yeah, you were very mad that day. And it's funny, when that stuff happens and it gives you a shock, you think, well, that will not be happening again. Exactly. So, so now, from now until the rest of your life, you'll be carrying contact yeah, lenses. So there's just no no, no way with that. Then I've got, um, uh, I've got this, which was the, mo- the first thing you bought me, you gave me to, to um, for my grown-up beauty collection. What is it? Which is a beauty pie highlighter, ah. and it's the triple beauty liquid luminizer. And honestly, I feel like Kim Kardashian every time I invisibly this put was, it on. I remember this because that was the first thing you'd ever had that made makeup feel like fun for you. Absolutely, just a little bit of highlighter on your cheekbone. Uh, and honestly, yes, I feel like it's sort of like this is insanely grown up. Then the next bit of fun, which you also gave me, <laughs> it's like a terrible is the um, Bobbi Brown Long Wear Sparkle Stick. Yeah, which it's is a glitter, glitter pen, basically. So you can, it, it's, it's glitter that's not going to migrate all over your face. So you can use it and not um, look like you're sort of falling apart or feel like you're falling apart, even though you might be falling apart. And then I've got an Hourglass Brow Volumizer Fiber Gel, which honestly, I don't really know what, what I, why I put it on, but I feel like a grown-up when Because I it you need some brows, because Apparently. brows are the architecture of your face, and you don't have very strong brows, I still so giving you some. I still really don't really know what... But you what put it on anyway. I put it on anyway. Then I have a... Obviously, I have some Charlotte Tilbury. I have a Charlotte Tilbury lipstick, which is uh, called Sunset Lover, and I'm really sad that it's not called kind of slut box. Not that it would, but it sort of well, seems it's not like very slutty. I mean, it's, no. a, it's a neutral. Yeah, it's probably... Is it? Can you open it? No, it's a slight... It's got a slight pink. What do you think? Yeah, like a neutrally pink. Yeah, it's a sort of... Yeah, that's... that's um, 
That's quite normcore. It's very normcore, which is why it's called Sunset Lover. Um, but it is great. And again, I, again, I basically mostly put that on to just feel grown up. Um, I've got Lemsip, Cold and Flu, because that's, you know, I've got to be empowered all the time. Um, and I've got a. That's about it, really. That's quite good, isn't it? Yeah. Should we have a look in mine? Yes, please. This is really exciting because um, then I can learn more, more secrets. Oh, I don't know. The unzipping. I don't really wear foundation either because I feel like most of the time it kind of sits on my skin. I'd rather use tinted moisturiser and um, a concealer. Um, and I flirt with different tinted moisturisers. And the one that I am holding today is by Aven, which is one of those nice French pharmacy brands really you know buy it from boots um and aven i always feel it feels a bit like evian it just feels sort of fresh and i feel yeah moisturizing um, mm, well it's a tinted moisturizer with oh. um a factor 50 spf and i can't be asked to put on an extra spf i can't put more layers on i get so sweaty in the morning and sort of fed up so this is all included it's called tinted mineral fluid and it just evens everything out it's a bit like spanks for skin it is. It's exactly right. It's like it's like controlled underwear for your face. I mean, so it just hides the horror a bit. Um, except I don't really believe in controlled underwear because I think it's got to come out somewhere. <laughs> oh my god. Um, ah, never leave the house without scent. I may look like a consumptive Victorian child today. I'm probably being, I'm probably being rather um, doing consumptive Victorian children a disservice. I really don't look very good, but um, I smell nice. Um, and and this is my um, this is my sort of baseline um, scent. It's it's the it's the, it's my go-to, and it has been since I was 23 when someone gave it to me. And it's called Philosicus, and it's from Diptyque, and it smells of kind of figs and woods and um, it's really delicious. It doesn't really smell like a perfume, which is probably why I like it. It smells like... You always smell delicious. Oh, thanks. And, and can I just say, don't run yourself down. You look fabulous. She's a nice person. As you can hear from what we've done so far, she's a much nicer person than me. And she lies. Um, right, what else have I got in here? Let's have a look. Let's have a look. Right, okay. Concealer. There's a brand called Tarte, T-A-R-T-E, which mostly I think is sold on QVC and online. And this is called Aquasealer. And it is a concealer that's a bit like a foundation. It goes on, it's very malleable to begin with, and then it just locks everything down. And it's very good for redness. It's less good for spots, but those bits around the nose, um, on the chin, sometimes in between, if, if, sometimes I can get a bit red in between my eyebrows, and it just sorts all that out. So this is instead of foundation, really. Aquasealer concealer by Tarte. Art. Would you use that on top of it? Sorry, ignorant question alert. Um, we need like a klaxon or something. Um, do you? Would you use that on top of the event? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's my base, effectively, rather than having one slightly heavier foundation. Um, but then, um, and then what have I got? I have got a discontinued, this is unhelpful, MAC Compact, which has in it a cream contouring set, basically. So it's got um, a really dead brown cream and the reason it's it's such a depressing color is because the point of contouring is you don't want to use anything that's going to catch the light you want to deprive the area under your cheekbones or the side of your nose or under your jawline of any light so it disappears so it goes in um, and then it has just um, a pale highlighter which I use a lot less if you saw it you could see you can see the bottom of the metal with the dark bit but with highlighters this is quite white and I like highlighters to be a bit warmer a bit more coppery I've got probably a couple of blushes because I like a really apricotty blusher. I've got the Stila blusher that we've already talked about and 
And I've also got a Trini London blusher, which really sticks around. It's kind of very pigmented, little tiny pot. And again, it's this very um, orangey, apricot colour that I would always use rather than a blue colour. Um, but you can see that. It's, it's you know, it's just really, it's almost orange. Um, what else have I got? I've always got some glitter because I love glitter. And this is a little pot of hourglass, like your mascara. It's a sort of powdery, creamy texture, so it behaves itself. Less than your Bobbi Brown sparkle pen, but more than just loose powdered glitter. And it's in, the color is Reflect. It's called Scattered Light Glitter Eyeshadow, and the color is Reflect. And it is very, very glittery, and I use it on the inner corners of my eye. It looks really cute when you Just start. a dot, inner corner of my eye, because I kind of think it gives you, it puts stars in your eyes. Um, and who, who would, who doesn't want that? Um, my favorite mascara in the universe, Ico. I like brands that are specialist brands. I like brands that know what they're doing with, in one particular area, like Votary for face oil. Um, and Ico is your mascara expert. Um, and this is called Rock Out and Lash Out Mascara in Beatnik Black. And I like it because it's got a slightly weird shaped wand, which is shaped a bit like a sort of, how's that shaped? Like it looks a, like a old-fashioned like Coca-Cola bottle, or or like a mo or like one of those tailor's dummy models. Yeah, you exactly. Know, like hourglass, an hourglass shape. Hourglass shape. Yeah, and it's got a bulbous bit at the end. And the reason I like it is because I can coat every single lash individually with this mascara, and I can I like to do my mascara so my eyelashes fan outwards so that my eyes look more almondy because they're not that almondy, <laughs> and that's what I want. And you can coat every and they really and they never clump. So I'm mad about this mascara. I could buy it online. Um, and then I've also got Max Factor 2000 calorie mascara, which I sometimes put on over the top if I really want to get serious. Lash out. Lash out, because Max Factor 2000 calorie mascara, which I've been using since I was 15, is probably seven quid. Um, and the seal always goes, or it starts to smell a bit funny, or you know you're meant to replace your mascara every six months. Well, I'll do that for seven quid. I'm not so happy to do it for 25. Uh, and where should we go next? Ah, Guerlain Terracotta Bronzer, because it's the best. Although it shatters, and this has just shattered. Uh, the reason that I've got um, no bronzer in my bag is because uh, my Chanel one shattered the other day. I never know if they shatter because they're really finely ground and really, you know, good quality, and so they shatter, or if they shatter because they are designed to shatter, so you have to buy another one. It's definitely um, a conspiracy. Primark. Because I've shattered two. And Primark, I Primark lip gloss incredibly good it's in a color called glory and it slightly harks back to our, our frosted lipstick days because it's quite pale and quite metallic but with a really sort of you know beatnik black eyelinered eye it just looks kind of great and also maybe because it's cheap it's really sticky and it stays on for hours and usually all my posh lip glosses I put them on they look wonderful for 30 seconds then they're gone again uh, and I have got brow product Glossier, just, you know, like a brown mascara. Um, I get them threaded, though, so, yeah, you know, usually they're in a reasonable, reasonable shape, although at the moment they're joined in the middle. Um, and then this is my favourite eyeliner, which I only discovered quite recently, but it is Chanel's Stilo Yeah Waterproof. Um, and I use it in uh, black. Yeah, pretty much just straight down the line black, and I only use it on the inner corners of my eyes, uh, inside, in the sort of tide line, just because it sort of sharpens everything up. Um, oh, and my last thing I've got, call me old-fashioned, is a powder compact, um, which is also by Gola. Clarins do a really good one. And it's I probably wouldn't have this with me if I did use foundation, but if it's the evening and I want that old-fashioned matte coverage down the centre of my face, then I use a powder and um, just to 
make me look finished, I suppose. <laughs> Whilst feeling quite finished well, as well. Say, I'm finished. I always feel Fuck finished. Fuck it, I'm finished. <laughs> well, I say I'm finished, but in some ways I'm just getting started because to celebrate our book coming out, I've just got my ears pierced. For the first time, like first ever piercings. Which, as you are 43, is quite an achievement. Well, I agree. I was very, very babyish about it. Um, and then I had to have a bravery lunch afterwards. And then I got a piercing high and kind of really sort of was bouncing off the walls because I was so excited. And I feel like I'm now going to have more and more and more and more. But I've, oh, I don't know why I didn't. I think I wanted them done when I was 12. My mother said no. And then I just sort of didn't. And I really love earrings. And finding clip-ons is just a massive ball ache. So now I'm going to be a massive, probably top shop hoops for the um, rest of my life. Have you done anything permanent to your body recently? Well, I got an, another tattoo. So that's my third. I got the first when I was 18 in um, Massachusetts and it's illegal to tattoo in Massachusetts. So you had to pretend you were having golf lessons and you'd sit on the beach and you'd be like, um, is there a golf teacher around? And then somebody would, some sort of hippie would pop up and um, tattooed me on his kitchen table. And um, while we were all probably a little bit under the influence, not something I would recommend. Um, but, and then I got one five years ago and I've just got another one and I don't know why, but I'm just not done. And I feel a bit like a pirate. It makes me feel like a pirate. Like, I think I'm gonna just have an arm basically, not quite a sleeve, but definitely with little kind of um, moments of my life punctuated writ on my skin. So no, I'm, I'm not finished with that. And um, I'm also, um, because I'm a 43, three-year-old woman in kind of crisis gonna get yeah, braces so you're not finished you're not and in fact listeners thank you for listening because we're only just getting started this was the first i'm absolutely fine podcast uh, um coming up we have martha lane fox talking about confidence anya hindmarch about organization bella freud about mood natalie lee aka style me sunday about body acceptance lucinda chambers about glamour and the scummy mummies about a load of mad stuff You've been listening to Annabelle Rifkin and Emily McMeekin of The Midult. Our book, I'm Absolutely Fine, is out now. If you like what you've heard, please rate, review and subscribe. And we'll just leave you with this thought. If we're not in it together, we're not in it at all. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.